0: Well, good morning. That was fun. That's cool. You have a real gift there. And I just love your church. It is such a a welcoming and inviting place. We enjoy being here. Uh, For those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Randy Nelson. I'm the National Director of Evangelism and Discipleship for the AFLC. And I've been here a couple of times before, I think three or four, maybe even. And every time, it's always been great. I always enjoy coming and spending time with you. Uh, I wanted to thank you and your congregation for participating with us. I think, is that, am I too loud or close or? I can, I'm good. It's all right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we got trained guys back there running the show. It does good. Thank you for uh, participating and joining with us in the, um, we're developing these uh, disciple equipping workshops. And that's what we're going to be doing this Saturday. We, uh, We have two congregations that have, uh, volunteered to uh, test with us, and so we're developing this and actually going to roll it out nationally in the fall, um, but, but that's what we're doing t- uh, this Saturday. We have, it's actually a, a series of three workshops called um, Living as a Disciple in a Post-Christian World, and, and that's a lot to unpack right now, And but, but basically what it is is living as a disciple in a world that's very different than it was even just a few years ago, and how do we engage our world? How do we... Live out a life as a disciple of Christ, as we're made to be and to do. Um, we, we, we haven't really been living that way, to, to be honest. And, and that's a big part of why the church, like much of the culture, is looking past us and doesn't see the Christianity or the church as really being of, of great value. And so it begins with living as a disciple and then building, loving, and basically we're going to be building or building out the. Uh, uh, Jesus' great commandment to us, love, you, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And really, that's the ultimate and best definition of what it means to be a disciple and a follower of Christ. And so that's what we'll be starting this Saturday. I hope you'll be able to join us. Like uh, you said, 830, I think that's kind of, we'll have uh, refreshments and stuff like that. Uh, start. It's three 45-minute uh, sessions or so, and it's a workshop, so we'll come and talk and share and Uh, I I hope you invite your friends and neighbors and uh, it's a period it's uh, three months so it's a month and then the next one will be a month later and then a month later after that but we'll be recording it and and such so uh, anyways I hope you'll be able to come and enjoy and join us with us and that's what this is about. Uh, This morning here I I, I just kind of as preface and I'm so excited about being here today on on live sunday. Because it, it's, it's a big chunk of, of what we're going to be talking about this morning. And, and as we start, I want to ask you a question. Um, when was the last time that you asked yourself, why am I here? Now, I'm not talking about a senior moment, right? <laughs> where, we, where we walk you into the kitchen or we walk in to go, all right, what?" I know I came in here for a purpose. I certainly, I don't remember what that is. No, that's that's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is, why am I here? How did I get here? What's the meaning and the purpose of life? Am I really here just by accident, by chance? What is it all about? And honestly, that's really important because... Whether we think about it or not, what we believe, the answer to that question is becomes foundational as to how we live out our lives. Why am I here? The world will tell you that there is no external meaning to life. It's just what you bring to it. That all of life is just the result of chance, that we're here by accident, that Some things came together, and somehow we got this universe, our world, our bodies, our intellect, our reason, all of it, and it all is just by chance, which isn't really comforting, is it? Or logical, especially when we take the time to dig a little deeper. For example, modern science has been working very hard in the last few decades here, to try and find life on other planets, or find another planet like Earth. But even though there are billions of stars, right, suns, and we we can see them in the night sky, with each potentially having multiple planets orbiting around them, what they're finding out is that Earth is very, very, very unique and special. Specifically, it's A rare Goldilocks planet that is just right to have water in liquid form and a number of other factors that make it just right. I want to just quick run through a few of those because it's really impressive. Uh, The first one is kind of well-known, right? It orbits a single star, which is important because, by the way, half of all the observable solar systems we can see Less than half of those have only one sun to have it, a, a, a single, so that you could have a consistent orbit around it, uh, which is really critical so that the planet's uh, surface is within a range of uh, a narrow, able to maintain a narrow range of temperature. As the Earth rotates at just the right speed and distance, each of its areas, uh, surface areas, get to face uh, the Earth, face the sun, and is warmed which affects our weather and our agriculture and our health. And that's critical since the rotation period of the planets vary wildly. In fact, what we know is uh, Jupiter spins around itself in less than 10 hours, where uh, a solar day in Venus lasts 116 days. Next, it's covered mostly by water, which is is due to its unique prop. And that's really significant because but as we know, water is essential to life. We're mostly made up of water. And so it gives us life, atmosphere. It helps to moderate temperature. On a planetary scale, it's really important that we're mostly covered by water because, again, not only does it help hold heat, but it maintains, again, those, that constant temperature around. It's also necessary to lubricate uh, the tectonic planet uh, plates which in turn support the continent and the seafloors. It has an abundance of elements. While the human body is made up primarily of three chemical elements, oxygen, carbon, and hydrogen, there's an additional 29 elements that the body needs to function properly. On Earth, virtually all the elements of the periodic table occur naturally, providing the fundamentals for higher forms of life. It has a tilted axis. The Earth has seasons in its northern and southern hemispheres because of its 23.5 degree uh, relative uh, angle to its orbital plane. That allows uh, parts of the Earth throughout the year to receive more energy from the Sun than others. It has a large moon. Relative to its size, the Earth has an exceptionally large natural satellite. This moon then plays an important role in stabilizing our planet's shifting on its rotational axis. And without that moon in a consistent orbit, a wide range of the Earth's tilt would cause extreme climates, including long daylight summers with searing heat and viciously cold perpetual winter months. It has just the right atmosphere. In order to survive, organisms need an adequate atmosphere, not too thin and not too thick, just right. Besides providing oxygen, the atmosphere provides uh, protection by shielding us from incoming ultraviolet radiation that could otherwise damage our DNA. The Earth's atmosphere also is important in helping regulate our temperature and preventing the extremes between day and night. It has a magnetosphere. Not all planets have a magnetosphere. We found that Venus and Mars do not. But in order to host life, a planet needs a magnetic field that provides a shield from cosmic radiation and high-energy particles launched from the sun and elsewhere in the cosmos. This magnetic field is generated by electric currents due to the convective movements of liquid iron alloys within the Earth's core. You're probably familiar with uh, the famous northern lights, right? The aurora borealis. That's what causes it. And what causes that is... uh, when the solar winds collide with the atmosphere near the North Pole. Okay, that was just a quick 10 or I think 11 points that we just looked at. And that's just a handful of the very unique qualities of planet Earth. And yet, what we are finding, after spending billions of dollars on projects like the Hubble Telescope, and its replacement, or the follow-up to it, the James Webb Space Telescope, and looking at millions of stars, so far they have only found a handful of planets that might possibly share a few of Earth's qualities. In fact, of the top four, uh, the nearest being here is Speculus 2C, which is 106 light-years away, or 636 trillion miles or what would take us over 200,000 years in our fastest space probe to get to. And also the next closest then is Kepler-1126. That's 2,073 light years away, much further, followed by Kepler-69C at 2,700 and KOI 5715.1 at 3000 light years that's the next slide there we go at best of those four the top the scientists tell us that those four may have the top two qualities that we mentioned at the beginning that it orbits a single star and is in a constant uh, orbit around a single sun and it appears to be covered by water that's what we found so far and that's a long way from finding bunches and bunches of planets just like earth like like we're led to believe is out there in fact according to a, a forbes magazine article entitled what are the odds of finding earth 2.0 Astrophysicist Ethan Siegel writes, the chances of finding another earth with intelligent life is 2.5 times 10 to the negative 22nd power, okay? Or 1 in 2,500 sextillions. That's another earth with intelligent life. The chances of finding another earth without intelligent life, meaning that it would be very similar to us, that is only 1.7 times 10 to the negative 11th power, or 1 in 17 17 trillionths. That's not great odds, is it? So when you see those articles, in fact I saw one just recently the other day about oh we found another earth. Read through and see how many why do they think it is like Earth? What are the how many factors that that, that indicate that it's like us? What you're gonna find is it, it may be about the same size as us, or a number of similar simple things, but not really, really what, what what's implied. Is that there's another earth we can go to and and live on, and it's just like what we are, what we have here. So it brings us back again to the question, why am I here? How did I get here? Or is there any meaning to this life? And even if we look beyond the incredible rareness of our planet, and how it meets our needs so perfectly... What do we do with, where did we come from? How did we purely by accident become the incredibly complex machines that we are? Take any one of our physical aspects, our our systems, our hands, our eyes, our lungs, our circulatory system, our nervous system, our intellect, all of them are still beyond our ability to reproduce, and in many cases, still beyond our ability even to fully understand. And yet, what we're told is all of this came to be by accident, by chance, with no meaning and no purpose. You know, it reminds me of uh, an old, when I saw it first, it was a B.C. comic strip. And it's where a tornado hits a junkyard. We got there? Next. Oh, no, bummer. you love this. <laughs> what is the next slide? After that one. Okay, not that one. Anyways, I'm really disappointed. I'll be sure. If you come Saturday, I'll show you the slide. It's really cool. But it's a PC comic strip where this tornado hits a junkyard, right? And and Fred's on the phone, and he goes, you wouldn't believe this. This tornado hit, and then all of a sudden you see in the foreground a fully functional 747, right? It disappeared. It just happened all by accident, all by chance, and even that would be, that would be much more likely to happen than than all the other stuff that, that we've just described. You know, for anyone who has ever accidentally dumped over a box of Legos or the odds and ends of a junk drawer, we know that stuff like that doesn't happen, right? Have you ever dropped a box of Legos, and all of a sudden, oh, wow, look, there's a, that car's all put together already. I mean, unless somebody already did it, right? Or, or you drop your junk drawer, and like, oh, man, look, all that stuff just came together, and cool, there's a little thing there, that, a little machine. That doesn't happen. And it doesn't matter how many times you drop the junk drawer. And it doesn't if you keep doing it you know, for millions and millions of years, it's still not going to happen. We understand that. In fact, we recognize that there's no evidence or experience that would cause us to believe that crude elemental components will all on their own develop into more complex machines. We never see that. And that's what humanistic science wants us to believe is why I'm here. Is it really here? Is it really possible that we just happened to end up at the top of the food chain? That, that our existence really has no meaning? That the answer to why I am here is really no reason at all? Just luck? Just astronomically ridiculous luck? Win the lottery a hundred times in a row, luck? Unreproducible, dumb luck? Or is it reasonable to consider that what God says? Now we can go back to the last, the previous one, where God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 33, 6, it says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts them deep, deep, put the deeps in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. God also says that we're not a mistake. But that he made us, mankind, special in his image, male and female. In Genesis 1.26, it tells us, God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And as we read in Psalm 139, which we sang this morning, or I think the first song was based off of Psalm 139, which is so powerful. And I encourage you, if you have a chance to read that today, as we think of sanctity of life. Verse 13 says, For you form my inner parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. And God has created all of this But he didn't walk away, as some might say. But he is here with us, and he tells us that. He knows us, in fact. He promises to never leave us. At the beginning of Psalm 139, he says, the psalmist writes, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You know my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. Even for a word is on my tongue, Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness isn't dark to you, the night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. He has created each one of us, you and I, for a purpose. And he has walked with us. There is never a time when we, we are not in his presence, where we are away from him and he doesn't see us and he isn't holding us, as he says here. And he has created us with a great purpose, he says. In verse 16, in in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet none of them had come to pass. Friends, I want to encourage you this morning, if you get nothing else out of this morning, to know you are not here by accident. And that your life is not without meaning. You were created with intent and with purpose by the living God. The answer to the question, why are you here, is because Almighty God created you and placed you here. On this rock, spinning in infinite space, at just the right speed, at just the right distance from just the right sun, in just the right orbit with just the right moon, in just the right relational access uh, orbit, and on and on and on. Friends, in spite of what the world tells you, you are not an accident. You are not here by chance. You're not just the top of the food chain. Your life has meaning. Every year, every day, every hour, every minute, every second. You have been created by God, the living God, for a purpose. And that purpose is to know him, to love him, and to live with him forever. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his son to reveal his love, to give us light and understanding that we might know him, love him, and be like him. The Gospel of John so powerfully expresses all of this. John 1.1 1, 1 starts, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And in verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or nor the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. As we just celebrated, this one was born humbly in a barn, laid in a manger, and first worshipped by lowly shepherds, born for all of us, born to assure us that he is for all of us, that all of us are important and valued, that none should perish. And as we know, he didn't stay an infant. He grew and walked as one of us, a son of a carpenter who earned his living with his hands, who at just the right time began to reveal who he was, the Son of God, who called ordinary men and women just like us to follow him and to be his disciples to learn of him, to learn of the truth of the scriptures, to learn to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And then he ultimately demonstrated this love in the most powerful way by going to the cross for us, paying the price so that we could be saved through faith in him. And once he had defeated death and hell and sin on our behalf, God raised him from the dead in final affirmation of that victory. And before he ascended into heaven, he commissioned all of us, all who would place our faith and trust in him to be his disciples, to follow his example and to make disciples of all nations, all people groups. And through all of this, he defines our value through his sacrifice. He reveals our purpose through his life and fellowship with us. And our calling as his disciples to pass on this good news to a world that is perishing around us. And all of these things are still true. Today, right now. Friends, God created all of this and each of us for a purpose to know Him, to be loved by Him, and to learn to love, and to learn to be like Him, to be His children, to be His disciples following Him, loving Him, revealing Him to a world that desperately needs Him. Maybe this morning, this is the first time you've seen this kind of put together this way. Maybe it's the first time you ever thought about your existence in this way. And that wouldn't surprise me. Because we live in a world that that calls you to believe in things that take far greater imagination than to believe that there's a creator God who loves you and wants you to know him. But instead insists that life has no greater meaning or purpose. That it's all just pointless. That nothing really matters beyond here and now because that's all there is. Which is really quite dangerous. And we're beginning to see the consequences of this. Because as this narrative is playing out, we are facing an epidemic of anxiety and depression, feelings of helplessness and hopelessness, and unparalleled suicide attempts. In fact, not since the 1930s has a national suicide rate has been this high. And actually, if it weren't for the improvements In emergency medicine, compared to the 1930s, that was the last time it was this high, during the Great Depression, today's successful suicide rate could be 10 times higher. The simple fact is we have way more tools today than they had in the 1930s. Between Narcan and a number of other emergency medical um, tools that they have today, we're able to save a whole lot more people who... Who make it into our emergency rooms? And this is happening because people have no hope, because they're told you don't. Your life has no meaning. It's just an accident. You you don't really have any purpose. And if life stinks and you don't want to continue, fine. People have no hope. But thankfully, there is more. There's more hope than we can imagine in Jesus. Jesus came to bring us hope. He came to reveal that you and I are not a mistake or an accident, but rather a child of God created in his image And he longs to have a relationship with you that is real, meaningful, and eternal. Today you can know real hope and real peace by turning to him and believing in him, that he is who he says he is, the creator of all, including you. And that by faith in him, you can know the forgiveness of your sins, freedom from death and sin, and the promise of eternal life. By believing and trusting in him alone. And if you've never done that before, we're going to pray in a few minutes and and you're going to have an opportunity to, to join us in that. And for those of you who are trusting in Christ today, I want to encourage you as well. To embrace the calling that God has given you as sons and daughters of the living God. You too are here, not here by accident. You aren't here by chance. In fact, as he says in Psalm 139, he knows you better than you even know yourself. And he has made you with a purpose to know him, to love him, and to be his disciple. To love him with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And he's called you as well to love your neighbor as yourself. That is our high calling. To be his witness. To be his disciple. Sharing through our everyday life the hope that we have found in Jesus with those that he has brought near to us and who are perishing without him. He's called you and I to be disciples in a world that desperately needs to hear the truth and to see it lived out by those who believe it. Now, if that's something you're ready to learn to do and want to grow in that, I want to invite you to join us this Saturday for the Living as a Disciple in a Post-Christian World workshop. And we're going to look at what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus in a world that's desperately needs to hear this good news. But for right now, let's close... Let me close by encouraging you to know that you are loved by Almighty God. More than you can even imagine. And he has created you, knit you together in your mother's womb. Just as he created the stars and the heavens in this planet. Because he has a purpose and a calling for you. To know him, to know his love for you. And to grow in your knowledge and understanding of him and his purpose for you and to fulfill your calling to be his disciple and to live with him forever. Would you pray with me, please? Lord God, how powerful and wonderful it is for us just to pause and to think about, these things are true. To use the rational mind that you've given us and to, to examine these things and go, wow. Wow. I don't know how we could believe that this would happen by accident. How, how we could have this amazing planet. How we, our bodies, our, our own systems. How could we imagine that this would just by a big bang happened and all of a sudden, poof, here we are. Even if it took millions of years, that's just not going to happen. But we recognize it also takes faith to believe what you have said. And I pray, Lord, that as you, by your Holy Spirit, would speak to us today, help us to recognize that these things are true. Reveal to us the reality that that you have created us, knit us together in our mother's womb. You have a plan for us. You've been with us always. And not only for me, but for my neighbor and for all of us. And your greatest desire is that we would know you. Lord, for those who have never come to place their faith and trust in you today, I pray, Lord, that you would work that in their heart and cause them, even now, to choose to trust in you. To say, Lord, I love you. I believe in you. I I believe these things are true, and I I place my life in your hands. I I believe you. I pray that they would also then, too, come and talk with Pastor Sam and and just find assurance and encouragement that... It really is just like that. I, I pray for us as well, too, for those of us who are trusting in you, that, Lord, that this would give light and understanding to our place in this world. It would help us to recognize the, what people who don't have faith are struggling with right now. But also that would challenge us, Lord, to, to consider, well, how am I living my life? What is most important to me? And is that really what it should be? Lord, give us a hunger and a desire to know you better, to learn to love you, to be your disciples, and to fulfill all that you created us for. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.